Thanks for downloading this podcast. Make sure you subscribe to get the new messages every week. We appreciate your support. Enjoy the message. Thank you so much. Walk by faith and not by fear. Do receive it, son, and release your harvest. Let me tell you this. The choice is yours. The choice is yours. You know, the psalmist says, I heard, I, I heard Lee say, I don't know that she saw my notes. I heard Lee when she was teaching on the offering, saying that the, that man, the, the, the priest passed him, the praise and worship leader passed him, and he had a reason to lose hope. And for me, it's kind of it's very interesting. Jesus could have said a, a farmer passed him, and uh, a builder passed him. But there's a reason why Jesus said that uh, 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 used uh, a priest and, uh, and uh, uh, a praise and worship leader. The reason is that sometimes we are so much into ministry and we forget that ministry is for people. Thank you, Brenda. I believe that uh, this, this priest probably wanted to get to the meeting in time to look good to his people. I believe that uh, this, uh, now listen, we need to be prompt. We need to be in place in time. That's not what we are talking about. But I'm saying that sometimes we can become so preoccupied with ministry and we forget about the fact that true ministry is for people. And the angel said, Amen. Amen. Look at the ministry of Jesus. Doctrine was not the first thing, but people were the first thing. You read all of this, he had compassion, compassion, compassion drove Jesus to do things that religious people did not, could not understand. So Lee was saying that uh, she could imagine this man lying there, a priest came and passed. I don't, I don't know that the man knew that he was a priest. And then a praise and worship leader came and passed. But have you noticed that uh, this man is Samaritan? She was not supposed to be religious. She was the one that the people did not think were spiritual. The, the Jews would have nothing to do with them because they were unspiritual. I hate to say that sometimes people of the world have more compassion than people in the church. That's very unfortunate, isn't it? Or the ones that we call worldly people have more compassion than we who attend Bible study Wednesday, Sunday, Men's meeting, ladies' meeting, special meetings, prosperity revival. Some people there to attend poverty revival. I don't know why. <laughs> but don't give up. Don't somebody say, don't give up. That's what faith is all about. Faith is praising in when in the natural there is no reason to believe. That's why the psalmist said, I would have lost heart. One of the translations say, I would have fainted if I had not believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord. Let me let that sink in. Every one of us here probably can say that there was a time in our lives that we would have passed out if we did not believe that we would see the goodness of God. Not when we get to heaven, but in the land of the living. Turn to somebody and say, wait on the Lord. You know that when we wait on people, that doesn't necessarily mean that uh, we sit down and do nothing. When you wait on people, you are busy. So waiting on the Lord doesn't necessarily mean that you are inactive. 
it means that you are praying. You know, tonight the Lord just brought a por that portion of the scripture. Do not worry about anything. Somebody do not worry about anything. Pray about everything. Somebody pray about everything. Tell God specifically what you want. And then when you tell God, know that he has already heard you, then thank him that he's already done it. Thank him for what he has done. And the peace of God that passes all understanding will guard your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. I've been meditating on that portion of the scripture all evening. Don't worry about anything. Tell somebody say, don't worry about anything. But that doesn't necessarily mean that uh, you don't do nothing. Pray about everything. Somebody say, pray about everything. Tell God what you want. And thank him because he's already done it. Thank him for what he has done and thank him that he's already done it. That's when you have peace. So if you don't have peace about what you have been praying about, that means that uh, you really haven't, go you have missed one step. Don't worry, pray about everything. Tell God what you want and then begin to thank him. And then the peace of God, I dare you, to go home and begin to deal with every one of your situation mm -hmm. with those principles. Amen. Don't worry about anything. Pray about everything. Tell God exactly what you want. Yes. And then thank him for what he's already done. I used to think that that means that thank God for what he did in the past. But today as I was meditating on it, the Holy Spirit said, thank God because you know that he's already done it. Amen. So if you know that... Uh, now, if you were to call somebody and say, I have a need of $5,000, and then uh, he says to you, he's a person of integrity, he's a person that you know will do what he says he will do, and then he says, don't worry about it, I'm going uh, uh, to wire you, or I'm going to uh, uh, zell you, or I'm going to cash up you. Amen. You know, would you call him and say, hey, you know, I, I, I just want to remind you, that I have a need of 5,000. As soon as you call him, you will say, thank you. You wouldn't say, I haven't got it yet. So when I was meditating on this portion of the scripture, that's what God said to me. He said, yeah, thank him for what he's already done. But what he's already done is what you have just prayed. That's when you have peace. And if you don't have peace, that means that you've missed a step then you have to go back and follow those steps. That's what it means to wait on the Lord. It means that you do not panic. It means that uh, you pray. It means that uh, you pray and you know that you, because whatever you pray and believe, know that you have already received it and it will be yours. So when I think about wait on the Lord, it doesn't mean that we do nothing. It means that we pray. It means that we state exactly what we want. It means that we begin to thank him because we know that he's heard us, he's going to deliver. And that's when the peace of God that passes all understanding will guard our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Wait on the Lord. Be courageous. That means that uh, sometimes when you wait on the Lord, he's going to tell you what to do. And sometimes when he tells you what to do, it will not make sense in the natural. You have to have courage to take a risk. Mm -hmm. 
So what if you miss God? He's going to find you. That's why he says, and he shall strengthen your heart. It is, as he shall strengthen your heart. It's the same thing that says, and the peace of God that passes all understanding shall guard your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. Like we've said so many times, each day, each month, every day of this year, and every day while you are still alive, you will have to make a choice between walking by faith or walking by fear. You can choose to live in faith or you can choose to live in fear. You can choose to believe that God is in total control of your entire life. That includes your health, that includes your children, that includes your finances, your business, your job. That includes your walk with the Lord. You can choose to believe that God is in absolute control of your life. Or you can say that he is in control of some part of my life, but I'm, I'm supposed to be in control of the other part. The choice is yours. You can believe that God will take care of and provide for you and your family in every area of your life. That he will take care of you and provide for you and that he will never hold back any good thing from you. Has anybody ever read that portion of the scripture that says, no good thing will he hold back from those who walk in righteousness. Someone say, oh, I'm not righteous. Yes, you are righteous. On the contrary, you can choose to walk around consumed by fear and worries concerning the safety of your children, your health, your finances, your business. You can be going around, you know, worrying about whether a relationship will last or whether you will keep your job. See, the choice is always yours and no one else's. Unfortunately, too many of us Christians, too many people in the world, including us Christians, have chosen to live our lives in fear instead of faith. What you have to realize is is that fear and faith work the same way. Faith is believing in what the devil tells you. Fear is, uh, is believing in the enemy telling you that you're not going to be able to make it. Your children are going to get into trouble. Your business is going to go under. Yeah, yeah. How many of you have ever heard that? Yeah, 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 yeah. But faith is believing that my God shall supply all of my need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Faith is saying, by the stripes of Jesus I'm healed. Faith is saying, he is faithful even when I'm faithful. That means that Even when I don't have an ounce of faith to believe him, he has enough faith to help me. How many of you can truly say that there was a time in your life that you had not just one iota of faith? But God came through for you. I can raise my two hands and my two feet. Let me tell you this. I've made up my mind by the grace of God to choose to live by faith I have chosen faith over fear. I'm determined that by the grace of God, I'm going to activate my faith instead of feed my fears. How do you activate your faith? It says, faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. 
He said, what, where is first first is in your heart that, that when you hear it and you get it in your heart and then you say it with your mouth. Remember that woman with the issue of blood? The Bible tells us she heard about Jesus. Twelve years, she spent all her money. The doctors have given her all the help that they could. But he heard about the fact that Jesus was healing. And she, she, she got up and she said, if I could only touch the hem of his garment, if I could only touch the hem of his clothes, I know I'm going to be healed. See, that's how you build your faith up. The way to build your fear of is to think about the 12 years and all the money that you've lost and all of the people that have tried to help you without any results. I'm determined to activate my faith by declaring that by the stripes of Jesus I'm healed that my God supplies all of my need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus, that my God is able to make his grace to abound, overflow towards me, that I, being always sufficient in all things, that I will be able to be so sufficient that I can be a blessing to other people. I'm expecting supernatural breakthrough in every area of my life. I expect to excel and to make a difference in the lives of people. Mm-hmm. Me too. Mm-hmm. Isaiah says in Isaiah 41 verse 10, says, do not fear. Now, now this is God that is speaking through Isaiah. Could it be that I am the Isaiah speaking to you tonight? Yes. He said, do not fear for I am with you. I like that portion of the scripture that uh, uh, we had this morning. Uh, in the, in the uh, today's word for you. Let me see whether I can find it. That portion blessed me so much. I, I, I wanted to just, well, I wanted to say go out, go out and run naked, but I didn't want to scare anybody. Now, now, now erase that part of it. You know? it, it blessed me so much that, uh, I, I, to be honest with you, I, I, I couldn't wait to share it with everybody. He says, the Lord reigns. Someone said, the Lord reigns. Let the earth be glad. What does it mean? It means that Jesus is, God is in control. When you know that God is in control, you're going to be glad. Is that right? If you don't know that God is in control, you're going to be sad. Is that right? When I read this portion, it blessed me so much. He said, said, the Lord reigns. Let the whole earth be glad. Let the distant shores rejoice because we are supposed to pass it on to other people. Yes. Amen? Amen. Then he says, this is the part that blessed me. He says, the mountains melt like wax before the Lord. In other words, in the presence of God, sickness melts like wax. In the presence of God, poverty melts like wax. In the presence of God, Bad marriage melts like wax. In the presence of God, addiction melts like wax. The mountains, remember that the mountains symbolize anything that is standing in your way to becoming all that God wanted you to be. The mountains melt like wax. I I declare in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth that whatever mountain stood on your way to getting to where God is taking you, it's melting right this moment like wax before the Lord. 
before the Lord of all the earth. In other words, it's, it's reiterating the fact that God is in absolute control of all the events in the world. The heavens proclaim his righteousness. God is always right. And guess what? What does the Bible say? He said, you are the righteousness of God. So when God say, sees you, he says, yeah, that's my baby there. Yeah. Hallelujah. Yes. The heavens shout yes. and glorify yes. God and proclaim his righteousness. And all of the people see his glory. Yes. How are the people going to see the glory? When they see you come out of the fire without any, losing any hair on your body. That's why he says, do not fear, for I am with you. Don't be confused. Don't be dismayed, for I am your God, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, the Father of Jesus says, I am your God. Listen to this. I will strengthen you when you are weak. I will help you when you are down. I will hold you up and pick you out of the pit of dismay and discouragement with my right hand of righteousness. So when you give into the spirit of fear, it distorts your perspective. It distorts the way that you see things. May I say that again? When you give into the spirit of fear, it distorts your perspective. Because fear causes you, fear causes you to see things that are not there. Can anybody agree with that? Yeah. When you are afraid, you see things different. Some time ago, a young lady called me and said, Pastor, I want you to pray. I've just lost my phone. Have so many important information there. So sometimes people think that you have to pray very long prayer and agonize and so on and so forth. So I just prayed, I said, Lord, just help this young lady to find the phone. I, I said, angels of the living God, go and find the phone and just put it exactly where she will find it. She was like, I said, you didn't pray, did you? I said, just finish praying. And as soon as I finished praying, they said, I hope that nobody stepped into my office to steal my phone. I said, what did we just pray about? They told me that, you know, they had, a, they had this report. That they, I said, girl, go ahead and write your report. Because every time I release angels to find something for me, they always bring it. And I could, I, I could sense that they were very, still very agitated and very nervous. So I said to them, forget about this thing, because my angels are going to bring the phone. Even if somebody stole it, he's going to get it from their pocketbook Amen. and put it exactly where you. Amen. And it was like, yeah. About an hour and a half after that, I was working on something, the phone rang. And I said, I'm going to call you back because I'm in. He said, I just want to tell you that I found my phone. I said, yeah, what did I tell you? He said, they said, you know, I could not even write my report because I was worrying about the phone. I said, that's, that's your problem. 
pastor prayed and released the angels, what are you going to do after you've done all that you have to do? Wasting one and a half to two hours that they should have used to do the report, worrying about the phone. And when they turn around, the angel had put the phone where they could find it. And hundred percent of the time, when I lose something, I just release my angels. They put it exactly where I. I will help you. I will hold you up with my right hand of righteousness. Because when you take your eyes off of God, then it distorts your vision. Fear causes you to see things that you shouldn't see. It blocks your vision so you can't see God's plan for your life. Fear causes a mirage. You know, a, a mirage during the summer when you drive, it seems that you think that you're, you're about to just drive into a pool of water or uh, an ocean. It's just a mirage. It causes confusion so you can't make right decisions. I read somewhere that fear is like a fog, F-O-G. It obscures vision and makes things look worse than they are. Fear is actually an illusion and gives false impression, an impression, false impression of a reality. I also found out that uh, a dense fog covering a whole city block can be contained in a little glass if you were to put it together and make it water, it will not even feel a glass. I'm talking about the dens that covers a whole neighborhood. So when you look at the fog, it looks big and intimidating, doesn't it? How many of you have ever driven in a fog? You know what I'm talking about. But in reality, there is nothing in it. it just, it's just a bunch of vapors that can fit into a glass of water. I want you to keep this in mind. The next time fear creeps into your thoughts. The next time that the enemy strikes you with fear, mm -hmm. saying that you wouldn't be able to make it through, the, through whatever you are facing, the health challenge, the financial, mal, the, the financial or the marriage situation, just look at the devil and say, you are a liar. <laughs> Tell the devil you may be big and impressive, but I know better. There is nothing really to you. You're just like vapors in the glass. You may look impressive, fear, but I'm breaking through you. Somebody say amen to that. Amen. You know why I'm not afraid of you? Because I know that a few feet beyond here is a bright and beautiful sky. Amen. Somebody ought to shout hallelujah. When you are faced with a fearful situation, you watching you in the house, don't get intimidated. Don't panic. Don't pull back. Instead, face it. Some of the face it. And keep driving towards your destiny. Because if you do, you will soon break into a clear and bright position. See, the thing that causes you to fear may sometimes seem permanent. But in reality, it's only temporary. That's why Paul was able to write to the Corinthians in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 18. He says, we do not look at the things that we can see. That doesn't necessarily mean that you deny reality. But that means that you don't focus on it. Those are facts. The truth is what God says about that situation. 
We look at the things that cannot be seen. How many of you know that right now God is working in that situation Amen. that you are facing? Yeah. Whatever that situation is, let me see the hands of people who really believe in their heart that God is working in that situation. Yeah. Yeah. The things that we, it says, the, we look at the things that cannot be seen. The things that can be seen will come to an end. Somebody said the thing that we can see, whether it is growth in the body, on the throat, whether it's on the head, whether it is uh, on the skin, whether it's a, a, a zero bank account or negative bank account, those things can move, uh, can change any time. The thing that we can see, that can be seen, will soon come to an end. But the things that cannot be seen will last forever. Somebody say amen to that. Let me tell you this, my friend. Whatever you are facing right now, that seems so big, so intimidating. It's just temporary. There's nothing real to it. Someone said there's nothing real to it. You know why? Because Jesus dealt with it on the cross at Calvary before you were even born. So stop focusing on the problem and fix your eyes on the cross. Remember when Jesus said, it is finished. He was saying that your debt is finished. Your sickness is finished. Your marriage problem is finished. Your business problem is finished. Your worries and your fears, they are finished. Jesus has already had it taken care of. It's just a matter of time before you break out of the fog. The condition on your body may look big and intimidating, but Christ Jesus took care of it he took care of it for you on the cross at Calvary. Somebody say amen to that. Amen. Listen to me, people. The legal situation may look big and intimidating, but it's a toothless lion. Amen. It bites you, it's just biting you with the gum. Just gumming you. Can't hurt you. Lost all the teeth. They want you to believe that his teeth, uh, with the teeth, though, it's toothless lion. It may bite, but it cannot hurt. Your child's condition looks bad. Your husband's conditions look bad. Your business condition, or maybe your body looks bad. But that child will live to serve the Lord. That financial situation will change. God is right this moment healing your body, restoring it to where it needs to be. Don't you know that we have an inside information? We know what the enemy doesn't know. Isaiah chapter 43, verses 18 and 19 says, do not remember the things that have happened before. Because sometimes the enemy wants to use our past experience to beat us up. And make us believe that it's going to be, it doesn't matter what you went through in the past. This is a brand new day. This is a brand new beginning. Amen? Amen. Don't think about the things of the past. See, I will do a new thing. It will happen. It will begin to happen when? Now. So when the enemy attacks us, guess what? He doesn't know that we have the inside information that he doesn't have. It may be dark now. 
How many of you know that the, just because it is dark in Edenton doesn't mean that the sun has stopped shining? That's right. That's right. That's right. The sun is always shining. Mm -hmm. The good thing is that it may be dark in the Edenton right now. In the next 24 hours, it's going to be as bright as bright can be. Just because it's dark doesn't necessarily mean that uh, the sun has stopped shining. Just because you are going through this situation doesn't mean that God has stopped working. It may be dark, but we know. Now, let me ask you, do you know that the sun is shining? It's just a matter of time before the cloud disappears. See, our fears become more powerful when we continuously, incessantly dwell on it. Can anybody agree with that? What you focus on continuously is going to control the way that you feel. We give our fears power to control us by imagining the worst scenario. At a point, the negative thoughts turn to negative images. Does anybody understand what I'm talking about? It starts with a negative thought and a negative, and then all of a sudden you see yourself in a casket. It started with some, some scratches on the nose, though. And then before you know, you begin to have uh, some pounding headache. And then the enemy reminds you of 20 people who had what you had. He said, do you remember that they said that COVID, COVID has come back? You've just got it. At some point, the negative thoughts turn to negative images. Then the small, then it turns to small fears, then big fears. And all of a sudden, you are terrified. And before you know it, it keeps you all night. The psalmist writing Psalms 127 verse 2, he says, It is in vain that you rise up early <laughs> and go to bed. Rise up early and go late to rest. I mean, all night you're worrying, and all day you're worrying, eating the bread of anxious toil. For he gives his beloved sleep. Now, take for instance a pain on the side. Some people will ignore it and just keep going, believing it's nothing. But there are other people who will begin to imagine that uh, that stomach ache, or maybe I've got some kidney problem. I've just got a virus. Let me go to the urgent care. In fact, some may even think that that's cancer. All of a sudden, the enemy said, you know that there's cancer in the family? Oh. No, there's not, no cancer in the family of God. Amen. Because Amen. I am in the family of God right now. Yes. 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 If the enemy tries to throw cancer into this family, God is going to kick it out. See, if you let these negative thoughts play in your, play in your mind long enough, mm -hmm. before you know it, you'll see yourself not being able to engage in normal life. Mm -hmm. All of a sudden, you're ending up in the hospital. Mm -hmm. And guess what? If you don't watch that, you may end up with some type of cancer. Mm -hmm. And before you know it, you'll end up in the funeral home. And I declare in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth that, that, that this Bible study has saved you. Amen. 
from ending up in the nursing home or in the funeral home. Let me tell you this, my friend. From time to time, Satan will try to plant negative thoughts in your mind. But you cannot allow it to take root. The enemy will plant stupid thoughts in your, in your mind. You must immediately replace it with God's promises. Satan may say to you, yes, you are doing well right now. Did you know that COVID has returned? Get ready because it's coming to your house. No, not my house. Because he who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. He will say of the Lord, he's my refuge and my fortress. In him I trust. The enemy will say, get ready. But you have to replace those thoughts with God's promises concerning your healing. Whenever any negative thought comes into your mind, Immediately, when? Immediately switch to faith and begin to meditate on God's word and God's promises. Say to the enemy, enemy, you are a liar. Then say to the Lord, you say in your word that with long life you will satisfy me and show me your salvation. You say that goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. Cancer is neither goodness nor mercy. Therefore, I reject cancer. I reject whatever the enemy may name it. In the name of Jesus, I choose faith instead of fears. Let me tell you this. You can walk on the water. So so we look at some people and we say, oh, they're very special. No, nobody is special. All of us have the same measure of faith. Remember when the disciples were in trouble in the Sea of Galilee and they saw a, a, a figure coming towards them and they said it's a ghost. Why do we always have to believe that it's a ghost when something comes to us, when we are in, in, in deep trouble? Out of the 12 disciples, the Bible tells us, then Peter called, when Jesus said that they were, when Jesus said that these people were afraid, he said to them, Guys, calm down. It is me cutting off my prayer time to come and help you people. Out of, can you believe, Brenda, that these people have been with Jesus for three years, getting to three and a half years, but they could not recognize the voice of Jesus because when you are panicky, you won't even be able to recognize your wife's voice or your husband's voice because you are so, so, uh, uh, mesmerized, you are so captured by the other voices. Peter called to Jesus and said, Lord, if that is really you, reach out and calm the storm. No, he says, first of all, I want to see whether it's you. If it is you, I'm going to be able to walk on the water just like you do. Lord, if it's really you, tell me to come. Some of them say one word. One word from God can change your world. Lord, if it is you, just let me come and walk on the water with you. And Jesus said, Jesus preached an hour and a half sermon. No, he just said, come. Don't you know that just come can cause you? You can walk and come on a very stormy water as long as you Focus your eyes on Jesus. Yes, you can walk on the water, but some things have to be in place. 
First, you must receive an invitation from Jesus, from his word. Could it be that God is giving you an invitation tonight? Through me? Second, you must be courageous enough to take a risk. You will never be successful unless you are willing to risk something. Thirdly, you must defy your fears and step out of the boat. Remember when we said you cannot allow the fog to intimidate you. You have to keep driving because if you keep going, you are going to break into a bright and beautiful day. The truth is that the boat, the truth is that boat sailors never walk on the water. Let me tell you this, my friend. Your face is like a seed that has enormous potential in it. But you must be willing to take a risk to plant it. May I say that again? You can put a seed on the counter for a thousand years. It will still be a seed. But if you will take a risk and put that seed in the ground and cover it with earth and water it and where that seed will multiply. And not only will it feed you, but it may feed many more other people. Could it be that I'm talking about what God has given to you, your strength, your finances, and whatever God has given to you? Oh, it's not big enough. Plant it. I'm going to wait until I have a big face. Plant what you do have. Yes, yes. You don't need a big face to fulfill your calling. I know that it surprises a lot of you. You don't need a big face. You just need faith like mustard seed. I talk, we talk about a seed that has life in it. When you have a seed that has light in it, God can breathe on it and it will reproduce. Let me warn you that you won't be able to step out in faith to accomplish your dreams unless you are willing to be vulnerable. You must be willing to risk it all. Some say risk it all. To be able to walk in true faith. Forget about walking in faith if you are afraid to take a risk. You must be willing to suffer ridicule. Many times people who don't understand you will laugh in your face. But you must be willing to say, like Esther, if I perish, I perish. But I've got some news for you. The good news is that vulnerability is the best place of invention. May I say that again? Yes. When you are willing to be vulnerable, to be ridiculed, it means that you've just stepped into the group of inventors. Vulnerability is the best of invention, is the best of creativity, Nothing will change unless somebody decides that they're going to get out of the boat and do something that is not popular. Let me tell you this, my friend. Never be afraid to take a risk in obedience to God. The Bible says you will hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way walk in it. You'll hear a voice behind you pointing you to the direction. Many times there will be risk involved in the acts of obedience. May I say that again? Many times, Sister Lee, there will be risk involved in the acts of obedience. When you hear his voice, don't harden your heart. And as I was preparing this, the Lord reminded me that over 30 years ago, I was working in school in Spartan. And Obong was just released from the job that she used to have in Central State. And we heard a voice 
saying, step out into the ministry, not in Nigeria, but in the middle of Georgia. A voice said, how many Africans do you know here? None. That's too much risk. Were you born in the United States? You don't know that you have an accent. That's another thing. You are five foot four, six foot something, at least 5'11", over 30 years ago. And Obama and I saw Jesus coming on the water, and we begged him to invite us to walk on the water with him. We stepped out trembling. We have missed, make a lot of mistakes. Like Peter, we turn our focus from Jesus to something else. Many times we thought we were going to drown, but not once has he failed us. Not once has he failed to save us from drowning. What he's done for us, he'll also do for you. To him alone be glory, honor, dominion, and power forever. Thank you for listening to Changing Mindset Podcast by Pastor George Uta. Help us to share this message. We hope you will subscribe so you can receive the latest podcast to keep you inspired during the week. We are praying for you. We know God best for you is still ahead. Call 706-485-0166 for more information and be blessed.